Hello, everybody. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to be here. It's a crazy time. Right. Real crazy time. There are so many. I mean, I've learned something that no matter what, there's always a far left and a far right on everything. It is a big <laughs> gap between the sides on every issue. Like everything. You know, coronavirus comes in into the, the picture and you have those that are, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing. And yet the other side is like so panicked that they buy all the toilet paper out. <laughs> like I never thought that that would be everyone's greatest fear, not being able to wipe. Right, right, like that's right, right. that's what it showed. It's like they're not worried they're gonna starve. They're not worried. They just go to the bathroom like a lot. I got a secret. My bathtub is across from my toilet. That's a life hack, right? That's a free bonus because we are not we're not like a everyday life hack kind. Well, I guess we are a life hack podcast, but like not that kind of not that kind. We're spiritual look, application, not necessarily run out of toilet paper. Trust. You're okay. Right. But I think it also boils down to kind of what the topic is tonight. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. Um, Comparison kills contentment. There's all kinds of comparisons being thrown around from the secular world to the Christian world. What you, you know, this is actually, this is something that Michelle does really well. She she teaches on, yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) She teaches on comparison kills contentment. Um, I mean, look, we're on the radio or podcast, but uh, she has a beautiful, a beautiful class that she she laid out. Of course, you won't be able to see all the cool slides and all the all the illustrations. I think she even has a scroll with a jetpack or something. I do, and I probably will put it up on either thirty one twenty five or thepantrypodcast dot com. One of the two. It's a it's a resource I'm still refining, but I'd love to offer it up for people if they want to use it in their own life awesome. group. Explain what you, what you think and what the Lord laid on your heart. I listen to several different pastors. Every once in a while, they're all lining up on the same message. They say it all in different ways, but those tend to be the starts of new spiritual maturity seasons in mm. me. Okay. This is the big one that started all of my little steps, you know, to building towards what I'm building towards a little background, maybe like why, why would that be one of your, your big steps? Our whole world is completely reliant on comparison and competition. Mm. When you look at that, you see how detrimental it is to your spiritual life to constantly be competing and comparing, you know, I mean, it starts from childhood I remember talking to someone who was saying, you know, well, our kid isn't hitting the milestones and the milestones are the averages that kids reach certain gross and fine motor skills, speech language, you know, cognitive development. They were really worried because their kid was not hitting, you know, that peak of the bell curve. They were so worried because their kid wasn't in the average. And I'm not saying that every study, I think that those milestones are beneficial because it does let you know what you can expect at a certain time. But you've got developmental milestones. You've got the SAT percentiles. You've got score rankings. You've got where I used to work. We have in the student newspaper, the salary guide where people could literally search everyone on campus and see how much they made. It makes sense because our money, state money, right? So it's like, okay, well, where's your money going? Here's how much people are getting paid on campus. So it's a transparency thing, which F- is cool. FYI, I worked for the Fed 
and we don't post ours. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I'm trying to like throw oh, a no, bone. Right, 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 but right, right, right. you know, I mean, for students, they sit there and they want to know who's making the most. They look up every every that's, professor, that's every amazing. you know. But for me, I was looking at like, okay, what's everyone who does what I do on campus getting, and what's everyone in my office getting, you know? And finding out you're like the second lowest paid in the entire office kind of is like a second ago, I was fine with how much I was making comparison killed the contentment. Right. right Cause right, suddenly right. now I'm like, wait, this ain't fair. But a second ago I was content, the best and worst dressed, the billboard 200, the top songs, the superlatives in the high school yearbook, you know, the best colleges. Are you going to one our whole lives? There's just all these comparisons. And so when I was looking for a really good section, I found Colossians 2, 4 through 10. It says, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Mm. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So whereas the world with its persuasive words about why you should care about all these comparisons, all these competitions where there are winners and losers in this world where there's philosophy and empty deceit, according to men's traditions, there's competition, there's comparison in Christ, there's completion. Mm. And when something's complete, when you are complete, you can be content in that. You don't have to constantly be comparing spiritually. You look in the church. Oh, that person would never understand because they have it so together. Oh, that person's a hot mess. You know, like I'm much better than them. There's always this, these weights, these measures. Right. That's like that secret society of thought. Yes. (laughs) Because no one really comes out and says, I can't believe how much better you are than me. But you know that people walk around and to include ourselves with this idea of like, I don't compare. I don't level up to this. You know, we put these measurements in there. It's just amazing. It's amazing. A secret society of the mind because it's all internal. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, comparison breeds all these other things. It can be envy. You want what someone else has or prideful. You're so glad you have what you have and not what they have. You can be worried about being inadequate or you can judge others for not having it. You can be hypercritical or you can be depressed. You can be complacent. You can have a low self-esteem. You can be living in defeat or be super cutthroat because your standards are just so high. Or you could be a king. Right. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden feel like you're nothing. You know, yes. it's kind of like Saul and David. You know, David just slays the Goliath. I mean, yes. you have like Jonathan sitting there. He, his soul is to David. And, and King Saul is like ah, you know, you're the man, you know, you're going to be with me wherever you go. You know, I'm going to put you in charge of armies and all these things. Right. And then they, they get back into town or they get back into the kingdom. (laughs) And it's like the women start to sing and dance and say, Saul has slain his thousands and David, his ten thousands. Right. Bam. Whole story (laughs) changes in that one 
singing. Right. They, like, they were they were singing to the, to this 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 victory. Yeah. And in that one moment, Saul was angry, and that changed everything. Right. They focus on Saul. You know, we never know when the comparisons that we're speaking are planting bad seeds of thought in other people. Right. Look what that bread. Oh, that bred so much. So, yes, on his part. Right. Because I'm not going to shirk his responsibility. Right. If he was more spiritually mature, he would have just been like, well, those are the facts. Right. No, he threw spears. Right. A few times. <laughs> a few times. <laughs> I'm blown away by the whole way. Like David was just like, "Oop, move. And move, then he like kind of he never literally just runs after him. I mean, to the point he throws a spear at his own son. It's like. Right. Like, Jonathan, but watch this. All these younger dudes. Psh- out the way, psh, out the way. But they're like, wait, there's a problem here. <laughs> yeah. It plants bad seeds right. of thought in us, in in those around us. And then we're in this, what you always like to say, this mental role. Right. So often I see people not serving. And I know some of the reasons. I, I, I can't always pinpoint that person's not serving for this reason. But I know one reason is because they think that they don't have anything to offer. Right. Or they think that what they have to offer doesn't have a place or they think the place that they would like to be is full. Right. Right. Like those kind of thoughts. And they all go back to comparison. And so I was thinking about all of the gifts that were given, all of the talents that were given. Right. Mm. Because there are spiritual gifts, but then there's also, you know, trades and skills and just talents across the board that the Lord gives us. And he has a place for all of us. And if you're looking in Romans 12, 4, it says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. Mm. Going into verse five. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I like to kind of put some verses like together. So in first Corinthians 12, four says there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So again, there's different things, different skills, different roles and responsibilities being doled out, but they're all of God. The final one in that little set, First Peter 4, 10, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It's not always about trying to get what someone else has because that's the standard. You know, in the world, that's often the case where we downplay what we have and we magnify what someone else has. The yeah. grass is greener kind of thing. Very true. It's People so do easy. it. It's like so easy to fall into. That car, that person. Oh, he speaks so well. She speaks so well. Oh, she has this. He has that. And it's just. Look where it got Moses. uh, But I stutter, Lord. This constant, even if you're not comparing yourself to a specific person, you're comparing yourself to a standard in your head that you aren't. We should all be Aaron's. The oldest brother that says, okay, Moses, you can lead. I mean, come on right there. It's like, okay, you know, take the reins. It's so important to remember each role in a body, Mm. right? If you just think about a physical body, everybody, if they were like, well, what part of the body would you want to be? Someone's probably not going to be like, well, I would like to be the Golgi body in an individual cell. You know, like no one's going to say, I want to be the mitochondria or the fingernail on the pinky. Right. Right, right. Most people, I like to be the eyes or I'd like to be the ears or I'd like to be the heart. You know, maybe someone will even say the liver or the stomach, but they're going to pick the things that are the most known, the most recognized, have very obvious functions. The problem is, what if you are the mitochondria in a cell? You know, I forgot what a mitochondria does, by the way. I just remember that it's in a cell. Um, What if you are the little toe? nail you know it has a purpose to protect the little toe that gets beat up all the time 
But if you're too busy trying to be the stomach or the eyes, one, you're not walking in your purpose, so you're not going to do it well. But on top of that, now what you were helping or what you were supposed to be doing is not getting done. And that's and that's huge. You know, I think of um, I use a lot of animal analogies in the little presentation that I give people because I, I love animals. But it also I use animals because unlike us, they listen to the Lord. Right. And so I love using animal analogies because they show the order God intends in so many ways. Right. One of my favorites is a hermit crab and a sea anemone. They both are totally fine alone. They they live their life. What's cool is there are certain hermit crabs that as they're they're crawling along and they might encounter an anemone that hops onto their shell or they'll put it on the shell. Now, not only does the hermit crab have its own shell to kind of duck into if it's in danger, but now it blends in better because it has the anemone. And the anemone, who would have had to exert tons of energy to move on its own, gets a free ride anywhere. And when the hermit crab's eating, the debris that it's, you know, the, the whatever leftovers are floating in the air, the anemone gets to eat them. Think about how, okay, I want to be a hermit crab, but you're an anemone. You don't have to be the hermit crab to take right. part in the benefits right. of the hermit crab. Right. You know, you don't have to be on the worship team or right. you don't have to be a person who gets the credit for designing something or putting on an event to experience the blessings of that. If you don't work in your purpose, you mm. rob God of the opportunity of blessing you. You know, when I when I was going over the notes, mm-hmm. I really it really came like this thought because I mean, when you read in First Corinthians, you know, you get to twelve eighteen, and it says, "But as it is, it goes right along with what you're saying." It says, "God arranged the members in the body." each one of them as he chose. See, we sit there and we try to place ourselves. But see, God has chosen our position. Just like he's chosen the anemone and the, and the hermit crab. He knew that the anemone could get onto the hermit crab and they would benefit one another. He knew this body. Uh, and then that you skip down to verse 27, we've been purposed. You know, it's like now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. It doesn't say that you're anything else. It never says that you're something else. You're now an individual member of it. He's not like, well, here you go. You're nothing. No, no, because we're all unique. We all have something that God naturally put into us. Michelle, you ask her to draw you a horse. Man, I'll tell you what, beautiful horse. <laughs> that thing would be like, what? <laughs> You'd be looking at you. Go, oh, yeah, that, that man, that, you could tell what kind of horse it was. And then you get me and my little niece <laughs> sits there and says, hey, hey, Uncle Shay, can you draw me a horse? And that thing's like part dog, pig, horse. You don't really know. What, I mean, you look at it, you're like. Camara. Yeah, it's like, it's like, but you know, that's, that's what God gave us though. Right. God gave us different abilities, different tasks. He made us what, what we're supposed to be. Yeah. Look, people all sit there. I don't, I don't know what to do. What are you good at? Right. Where do you strive? What can you offer that you already have? You, you don't have to drift so far out of the lane that you're just an unrecognizable creation. Now, we are unrecognizable from the first day we believe, of course, because, hey, we're new men. But he didn't take away your uniqueness. And so we all fit into this piece. And I love that. I love As he chose. Yeah. We all have different struggles that will, when we encounter them with the Holy Spirit guiding us, build us up in the way that he's planned that goes along with what we're good at. Right. That we encounter those in our purpose. The parable of the talents also kind of comes in here when he can trust you with what he's already given you. 
and he sees that you're using it for him and his glory, he can give you more. You don't have to be on stage on the worship team or nothing. Right. right. Oh, I want that because that's like, you know, that's the big deal. The responsibility of that is huge. They have their own struggles. But you, you might be the one who feels called to mop the floor and praise God for you because that is so important. And yeah, people might never know that that is what you're doing, but that's not God saying that's the only thing you're good at. It's that in that obedience, in that humility, in that moment of whatever you're doing, he can entrust you with more. You might expand It's so important because I always say you don't become a better swimmer by taking cooking classes. He's got a plan for you. So rather than trying to force your way into another little shape, be who you are in Christ, growing, becoming more and more sanctified. That first Peter 4.10 you read in verse 11, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That that, That is the money. If you read all these other things, well, I'm not a minister, I'm not, but no, no, that's not what I'm telling you to do. I want you to look at that section and just sit there and say, you know what? Whatever I do, it's to his glory. Trust me. I think some of my best worship when I was sing, when I sing is when I'm in the audience. Right. It's like, now, now don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I still feel the presence. I still, I'm still in the spirit. You're right, though. Especially, I remember when we first hooked into the sound system. Now you could hear everything. Like you could know our microphone, y'all, just to let you know, we had, you know, a little Mevo up microphone <laughs> on the Mevo. So like music could drown out your mistakes right. and, and you would never, ever know it. The minute you run that thing through a soundboard, the whole game changes. And the contentment just out the window. Oh my goodness. And, and you sit there. I remember the first two Sundays, it's just, I'm just thinking like, go back to the old school way of how I was trained, pronounce it, sing it, you know, but you don't have to have that position. I like that. I loved what you said. My dad, and I hope he hears this one day, all love dad, all love. But I know growing up, I used to look up at him as he was singing and cringe. I was like, I'm embarrassed. Comparison, of course, always, you know, like even at that age, you're comparing like, my dad's horrible. (laughs) But here's the reality. He was in true worship. He didn't care. It was him and it was God. That's the biggest thing. You might really want to do a specific thing that you just feel there's no opportunity for right now. But there are some amazing identities that we already hold in Christ, all of us, that level the playing field. And we need to cling to those so much more than what we look like physically, what we sound like verbally, how well we might speak. You know, we're conduits of Christ's life. We are justified and redeemed. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. We're chosen, holy, blameless, seated in heavenly places. We're God's workmanship. We're light in the Lord. We're a citizen of heaven. We're complete in Christ. We're accepted. We're a child of God. We're a friend of Jesus. We're free. We're a saint. We're an heir. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. We're loved. Right. And that is where we need to sit because when you sit in that completeness Mm. that we talked about in the beginning, it doesn't matter what the enemy or your flesh throws at you. And especially not what anyone outside of that does. You will be able to confidently sit in Mm. your purpose, knowing you are living in the best God has for you and nothing you might want outside of that would ever compare. You don't have to have tasted it to see, you know. 
And so that's what we want to leave you with, especially in this time where the negativity of other things might tinge your own outlook on yourself. You're like, what am I doing with my life? Who am I really? That's who you are, really. That's what unlocks your purpose. A lot of people get caught up in this as well. I could do it better. We start comparing in all kinds of ways. And, And let me tell you, it takes you into dark places. But watch Philippians 2, 3, part B, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Amen. That's a perfect place to leave it. Amen. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. And we will see you next time. And just remember to go to thepantrypodcast.com to leave us prayer requests and thoughts and opinions and everything else. Till next time. 